Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of our Tea to Green Winter Rules Podcast. As we are broadcasting live from the Golf Dojo, our Winter Rules Podcast, presented by Golf Dojo. We're at the Transit Road location in Williamsville, and uh, with Kevin Sylvester and PGA Pro Jeff Metis and Jeff, I know there's soon to be a second Golf Dojo location. Yeah, and we're very excited up on Niagara Falls Boulevard there near Sheridan across from Chili's. Um, you can see the signs. It's uh, Construction's going along very well. We're hoping to be open uh, very shortly. Are you going to clone yourself, Jeff? Uh, I'll be there a lot, that's for sure. Yeah, looking yeah. forward to that place and doing some teaching over there and just getting the uh, space up and running and, and introducing our, our members to the new joint. It's going to be like children. You're going to love them both. But right. there'll be one that's your favorite. Usually it's your firstborn, so this will still be your favorite spot. Probably. Yeah. And I, I hope I, you're I third and second, or third, second and third borns aren't well, listening I, to this, Kevin. Oh, yeah. well, I didn't even bring the third in, right? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Does he know where he, where he stands? <laughs> Listen, he knows, and they both know he's my favorite. So. <laughs> the baby is the favorite one. That's right. That's right. Well, he's the only one at home right now. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, so of course he's your favorite. He's yeah. getting all the attention. Yeah. Uh, the weather, though, we know in western New York has changed. Yep. There is, we hope, still plenty of outside golf to play, but we know people are inside now and taking advantage of what Golf Dojo has to offer. Yeah, and people love the the size and the privacy of the bays and the ability to book at any time, 24 hours a day, and the uh, remote access and, and all the things that we offer. Um, it, it's just a nice golf experience. We're just trying to create a really good golf experience, and people like that it's BYO. You know, you can bring your own food and beer. Yeah, good stuff. All right, so we are uh, on our Winter Rules podcast, and uh, we've got a couple of topics to get to, but uh, let's start off with on the professional scene, kind of the news of the week was Lexi Thompson playing uh, the LPGA star, one of the LPGA stars playing on the PGA Tour schedule this past week, just missed the cut, Kevin, um, ended up firing a 73, then a 69, made it very close, but uh, a really cool uh, thing that she was able to get in and push the cut line. And more importantly, though, another uh, great step there to represent the LPGA for her. She had a, a putt, right, and the, the last a six-footer uh, for birdie to make it, and it, it didn't go down for her, which, you know, you, 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 you never want to say it comes down to that putt, right, because, you know, you can look back over 36 holes and pick other spots, certainly. But um, the fact that you look at all the prof- other professional golfers um, who play on the PGA Tour on a regular basis that she played better than, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think speaks volumes, right? I mean, it was fantastic. She, Lexi said it would be a career achievement of hers to make the cut. That was her goal going into the week. Yeah, but she said cut. it would be her the best achievement of her career. Wow. And um, which... On one hand, I understand. On the other hand, I'm like, you've won on the LPGA, LPGA Tour. I, I, winning, I would think, would supersede that, right? If we're She's talk- won a lot, though, all over. And this would be something unique, maybe, that nobody's done. You no, know, well, that, that's, that's correct. Yeah, yeah, that's so, correct. Yeah. And that might be why it's her best achievement. You know, she had a putt at it. And, and what else would you want? You'd want to get to the last hole with a shot to, to make it. And she was under the number for a while, too. I was watching the round. Yes. And she headed it two under safely with the cut. I mean, and think then, about the nerves, right? I mean, you, you can say what you want. I mean, she's a professional golfer. But, um, listen, she's human, right? The nerves that had to be, uh, you know, going through her body and just uh, her mind on how she's going to handle it. And, you know, you got to give her a ton of credit for going out there and performing the way she did. Yeah. Normally in a normal week, you know, there's a spotlight on her, but not that kind of spotlight, too. Every eye in the world, every eye in the golf world was 
intently focused on her and every shot she hit and everybody was judging her and, and, and how, you know, what is this, can women handle this and that. But a lot of people thought she was playing from a different set of tees. She played yeah, from the same not. tees. Same no, tees, right. right. Yeah. It's, a, it's a good golf achievement, and uh, it just goes to show, I always laugh at the guys who think they can beat LPGA Tour players if they're a, a one or a two. Yeah, yeah, I let, just, that be a, let that be right. That, <laughs> I sir, chuckle. Like, no, you would not. Um I also thought it was really cool. She was asked after round, what was the biggest, you know, what do you take away from this week? And she's actually like the kids I met from uh, the Shriners Hospital. Right. Like that was the highlight of the week to meet uh, those kids who've been through so much, you know, in their life. I, I thought it was a really awesome answer. And, yeah. and to add to what you said about, you know, her playing the the men's tees that the, the PGA Tour players are playing, uh, she still hits it very far. Um, she was able to reach some of the par fives in two. She end, ended up even driving the what was a drivable par four 15th hole, made it a birdie on that hole. Um, but, you know, a big reason that guys miss the cut or make the cut a lot of times has to do with other facets of their game. Her accuracy was really good. She hit 20 of 28 fairways uh, over the course of the two days that she was in the event. Uh, and you'd think, oh, well, maybe, you know, the length would be an issue. Maybe she would, she wouldn't, you know, maybe wouldn't cut it with the men there. Her strokes gained off the tee was 81st. So, I mean, almost a little past midway. But it, you wouldn't say it was detrimental in any way. No, mediocre. Yeah. You'd say if it was a male player, you'd be mediocre that week. You're right in the middle of 140, however many guys start, 120 guys, whatever right. it is. It's a pretty mediocre you're not, driving You're not missing pick. the cup because of it, right? Okay, no. let, let me ask you, and I'm not trying to be, you know, I'm serious with this question. So, you know, we say, all right, if it was a male golfer, we'd say mediocre. I, I think we just have to compare her to the golfers in the field that week, right? I mean. That's what I'm trying to do. Okay, yeah. okay, yeah. okay, yeah. great. That, yeah, yeah. It, she, she was she was just one of the average men driving out there. Yeah, it, she was as average as An average as player in the field. As far as driving that week. Okay, yes. perfect. Yeah, and, and what I think it does, I think this sets up for the Grant and Thornton tournament that's going to be in December. Uh, it's, you know, kind of a – I think they used to do with it – the J.C. Penny Classic or something. Then they do it in, in Tampa or Tarpon yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. where you know a, a PGA Tour player and LPGA Tour player would team up. Well, they're doing that again, um, and it's going to happen in December. And I think Lexi is with Fowler now, right? Is that is that correct? I think so. I think yeah. You're so right. yeah. what a popular pairing that'll be. Yeah. So I'm like I'm I'm anticipating that tournament even more now. Oh yeah, looking to yeah. watch. Yeah. I over the I have to admit over the last few years I've really come around. I mean I think the women's tour is doing a better job of promoting their stars and showing the quality of play that they that they bring out there in their world tour and and, and you look at the um, the average woman f- tour player from 150 yards is more accurate than the average male tour player from 150 yards, which most people don't believe. It's the driving and the chipping and putting where they may not be able to be as good. Um, they don't hit it as far, and the short game is not as good as the men just because of the strength issue. Okay, so, I, I, okay yeah. but can you yeah. explain it to me real quick? Why is it because they don't create enough sp- uh, spin on the golf ball to control it on the chipping because of strength? Or the stronger they- you are, the more touch you'll have. So someone who's not very strong in their hands or arms, not that they are, I'm, they're very strong. Sure, but, right. yeah, but, but men are going to be... Comparatively speaking. Yeah, right. we're good, men are going to be a little stronger. So the more strength you have, the easier it is to have more feel and touch around the greens. Then you can imagine, you know, a 14-year-old kid that doesn't have the strength to hit he's not going to have a very good short game compared to an adult male who's been in the gym and is strong and through his core and his legs and his arms it makes those softer shots easier and you have more touch so that's where they the men will tend to outplay the women the women tend to outplay with accuracy so just a couple of more yeah just a couple of more stats that's what the dad will say 
here, here's some more stats on her so round the this Dada week. Dada, we'll say, or the data. All right, sorry. <laughs> That's all right. Um, it's a dad so, joke. So Thompson on the LPGA Tour in terms of driving distance, she ranks 12th on the LPGA Tour. Um, this past week in this event, uh, she averaged 301 yards off the tee. Wow. So, I mean, that's, that's average. So, that's yeah. awesome. Right. So, it's still over 300. Like, that still just shows again. Well, you, know, you had some altitude there. When you, I mean, right. There was know. some elevation for sure. Now, her short game, <laughs> that may have been a spot where she helped herself quite a bit. She, in terms of strokes, gained through the two rounds. She was 42nd. So, putting... She actually then improved her standing because of that putting. Yeah, so she did well around the greens. That's why she was competitive at the end there. But in the, the cut. in the end, if 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 I were to ask people like, oh, why didn't an LPGA golfer make the cut at a men's PGA Tour event? I'm sure everyone's guess would be, oh, they just don't hit it far enough. That really wasn't the case. I mean, she right. averaged yeah. 301, and you know, as as we said, in terms of stroke gained off the tee, maybe just below just below the the average and middle mark there. Her putting was good. I mean, she was right there with a chance to make it. Uh, all right. So. And she only had one chance. You know, this is one shot. You know, the guy, the well, that's, players. That's what I was going to say. Like, they yeah. have all year to make cuts. They have all year to make cuts. <laughs> right, yeah. So, so do we want to see more? I do. Yes. Right? Well, this yeah. Is, if she's I would not have. Yes. I mean, I love to watch golf, obviously, here. <laughs> you know, I would not have watched this event. But because she did, I made sure I tuned in because I wanted to see her. I'd like to see three or four women in one of the events trying to make the cut. You know what I mean? Take the top five or top ten or whomever they can get and, and see if, you know, there's a few more chances for someone to make a cut. Do you, do you think it would matter? Okay, so let's say we have a, a tournament. Um, I'll just uh, throw on the RSM Classic, all right? Last one of the year. Um, if they had – if three or four – let's say three because they play in threes, all right? If three LPGA Tour players got sponsor exemptions into the event and they were paired together, mm-hmm. do you think that would uh, help matter more because it's a more, you know, listen, you hear a lot, and I hear players say it after rounds, well, it's a really comfortable pairing for me. I um, get to play with a guy I play with a lot. We know each other. We hit at the same distance. We, you know, we're, our games are very similar, very comfortable for me out there. You know, I think in my in my situation, it may help. It may help those people. In my situation, if I was in the uh, in those shoes, I'd want to play with the men. I'd want to play with the guys I'm competing. I mean, you're competing against everybody. You're competing against the course, technically, not other people. But sure. um, but I think I'd want to I'd want to spread them out and have them in different groups and different times. And, you know, um, because there's also the luck of the draw sometimes with weather and you know sure, all those things sure, go. Right, yeah. So if I was running the event, I wouldn't want them in the same group. I'd want to intersperse them throughout. Well, the I course. think you would too, because you know, you, you, it is a spectator thing. And mm. fans, and, and you get to play yeah. with those women all year, every year. So hey, let me go play with someone I I'll never get to play with again. Sure, you know, um, a Dustin. Johnson and I bet you, I bet you the the PGA Tour players are probably like, oh, this is refreshing. Like you know, somebody yeah. new. Yeah, some <laughs> something different to play with. Something yeah. fun to play and with. They, yeah. And they know her because her, her brother Curtis uh, has been up and down Corn Ferry PGA Tour. So. Sound like they were unfamiliar. Everybody with Lexi. knows who she is, right? Too. Yeah, you know who she is. Uh, well, they yeah they all know who she is, anyways, right? Because yeah. heck, you know she's, she's a pretty big star, in the world. pretty yeah. big star in a game of golf. You you mentioned how the event, the split event with male female partners together. I know that when the Ryder Cup was happening, that there's usually sometimes a call for hey, is there going to be some sort of mixed event similar to the Ryder Cup where you could have the United States against Europe or U.S. versus the world or however it would play out in that sense. Um, but it would necessarily then, it would involve maybe 
six players from the PGA Tour, six players from the LPGA Tour, and doing it that way as a way to kind of promote that global game with where, different countries from around the world. Where does that fall on the calendar? Yes. Yeah. That is that is the greatest challenge, right, with all that's going on in professional golf. Segway. Um, <laughs> um, you know, finding things on the calendar because – you have all these events in the PGA. You have the tour season that's going to start January to August. You have Olympics next year, first week of August. All right, so that's uh, being wedged in there. You've got the President's Cup next year being wedged in the FedEx Cup fall event. You've got the new TGL Monday Night League, um, which none of us have any idea. Well, we have some sort of idea, but it's arena golf. Like it's we have no. We just keep seeing they're signing stars and. Um, you know, there's uh, the Arthur Blank kid put out a promo with Chipper Jones in there. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, yep. um, so th- there's all these things that are happening in golf. Yeah, to find a spot on the calendar, good luck. Yeah, and, and sponsors and courses and facilities, and then get right. players yeah. to play. You know, I mean, hey, you got uh, that's another event to add to a, a top player's calendar um, to travel around the world and and. and all the things that that entails, uh, you're already pointing towards the President's Cup and the Ryder Cup and the Olympics and the FedEx and this and the majors, and you just, uh, at some point, you run out of options and places you can you can host something like that. Yep. All right, let's move on to topic two here, and it involves Live Golf, uh, who, by the way, they just had their season-ending event, Brooks Kepka, uh, winning this past event, um, but we found out this week uh, that the official World Golf Ranking and their committee uh, would not grant eligibility in terms of tour status in order of gaining world ranking points. So yeah, because they're fifty-four we, holes. We know yeah. Live is uh, was essentially applying to say, hey, can can our events count in the official World Golf Ranking? And uh, they found out this week. And the decision wasn't necessarily that big of a surprise. There's still some kind of glaring issues in terms of. Uh, you know, access and player regulation and things like that. Like, well, how's that all going to work and play into it? That was some of the things um, that the chairman of the official world golf ranking, Peter Dawson, highlighted in his letter to Greg Norman, just saying, like, look, this is this is why at this moment, because of your setup and the 54 holes, I'm sure is a piece of it as well, as to why maybe they're still at this moment. You're not earning any world ranking points being on the live tour. Yeah, from what I understand, yeah, a big part of it is 54 holes. Another big part of it is there's not qualifiers to get into the events. There's not. No cuts. Yeah, there's no cuts. So, you know, where's the competition part of it if everyone's making a check? Um, but, yeah, so th- th- there's, a, there's a couple things there. So this just should not have been a big surprise uh, to the live guys. You know, funny, uh, funny enough, Kepka was – asked about and by the way no one will be talking about this if he did not win the pga championship and make the Ryder cup team i i just think they'd be like oh, yeah, i kept one but kepka uh give him credit keeps himself in the headlines and he was like well you know you're talking about the world golf ranking points how about i won the biggest tournament of the year i had the biggest win of any live golfer this year and it didn't count towards my season race points so i can't win the 18 million dollar prize that went to Taylor Gooch. He was kind of like, "What the hell is that?" Yeah, like so he he win he wins the, the final event, the tournament, but Gooch won the season long thing and got an even bigger payday. Kepka, which actually, listen, uh, it, it, it's kind of hypocritical, isn't it? Of Libby, hey, we want these other points, and he'd be like, "Well, I went and played uh, a major, which wasn't even a PGA Tour event. The PGA Tour recognizes as an event for points, but you guys don't." 
I thought it was actually a pretty uh, accurate comment towards the tour he currently plays on. Yeah, it, it, it's it's an awkward setup, and they're still finding their footing. I mean, they're going to be around for a while now, and I'm sure there's going to be changes to be made to their formats and how they do. I know they do the relegation thing. Which yeah, I so think four players got relegated, three names you've never heard of, and, and Chase Kepka. Brooks's brother, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. Brooks was asked about it, and he's, <laughs> he basically said, well, listen, you know what? The guy was playing on mini tours a year and a half ago, so he's living large. Yep. <laughs> like basically, like yeah. he's okay. The yeah. other three, by the way, if you're curious, Jed Morgan, Siwan Kim, and James Pyatt. No, I'd heard I heard I heard of Jed Morgan, Australian player, I believe, and I want to say he played in maybe a U.S. Open or PGA as an amateur. Yeah. So, but other than that, well, I yeah, I've never heard of these guys. I, I do, you know. So I, who comes in? Do they bring four more people that they can? Yeah, so I mean, it's it's four those four players that finished outside the top forty four in their season long points list. So they're out. But they're don't, out. They, don't they play a little tournament to they, find out? So who there's loses? A, there's like a promote. There's a promotions event that they can participate in, um, but there isn't really any sort of script at this moment of how they can get back in. Now, if there's, I guess from what I'm reading here. If a player has to maybe withdraw from an event due to you know illness you know what, I, or I, injury or something, I, I don't care. Then these guys are coming in. <laughs> well, they don't have status anywhere now. Then correct. So if, you, if so, if I leave the live tour, I get relegated. I can't play in Europe. I can't play in the United. I mean, I can try to Monday. You can't qualify. play DP World. You can't play. Yeah, you don't have any right. status. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, yes. so you have to start from the bottom again if you're trying to play the one of those tours. But your Q school to your point though about Kepka saying about how how well, how come he doesn't win their their season long points race? Isn't Liv trying to fight for essentially respect among the world tours? Well, the biggest stages are the four majors uh, in the world, and he went and represented Liv and played there and won. And, and finished second in the Masters. And finished second in the Masters. So he had yeah. a great season in these majors <laughs> and got no reward in his own tour. Right. So Which they, is his point. And they wins can't the last th- event of the year yeah. and gets nothing for it except now, a check. They can't sit said, here and argue, though, like, you know, hey, w- we need to be taken seriously. Like, we're a legit league. Our, what we do should get us into the Masters. What we do should get us into the PGA. Well, then when he wins the PGA, you got to give him credit for it. <laughs> you know what? He... he he has a point, but he also has a boatload of cash from even playing this season. He won two of their tournaments. He won the PGA Championship. From that alone, he won over $10 million, uh in cash, uh, probably more from the other events. And the, the bonus money he got to go, so he's not hurting. No, no, that's not his issue. No, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, no, he's just not. making a good point, you know. And yeah. It's, it's an interesting setup, though. And uh, That is the beauty about Kepka, at least, right? He just says it like it is. That, you know, he's not afraid to hold back. That is the beauty of Kepka. He just gets up and just speaks, speaks on his mind, whatever's on his mind. And it's refreshing because you usually get a lot of this, well, you know, the old hockey player thing, got to skate harder. Gotta, yeah, but yeah. you know what that is, Jeff? Well, you know, I shouldn't say that. He was, he was. Media training. No, 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 no. He was, oh, not the, the part where you don't say anything is, yeah, media training. Um, no, the part where you speak freely, that's, um, he, he did it to a certain extent on the tour, but now, guys, he's, he's rich. He's got the DGAF. <laughs> 
right? Can I say yeah, that? yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I was just going to say he's got blank money, <laughs> yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. When he got that much money, like, I don't say what the hell I want here. Yeah. I'm they're upset. Not, they're not kicking him off that tour for think how something. Think how freely you'd speak your mind, Jeff, with about, a, you know, $100 million in the bank. I already speak my mind pretty freely, especially after a couple I'm of a beers. N- yeah. Nervous here. <laughs> we have to do. Well, it's a podcast. I'll let you know. Right. That's right. We can could, we could say, we just put the explicit label on it, right? The E uh, on it there. No, but we're going to keep it clean so you know you can listen to it with your kids in the car on the way to travel hockey yeah or, i agree or bowling or whatever you got going on this winter what do we what do we also like to do on this podcast is sometimes debate things that maybe we want to change in golf well one of those could be a rule so, kevin kevin i know you've got a lot of rules you we, we love to debate we debated well, the leaf rule a few weeks ago we had a yeah. lot of good reaction on our social media by the way you should be following us instagram twitter at tdg buffalo um but I know this week there's a there's a rule here maybe you want to talk about and well it's one that's been talked about and they made an amendment to it but I still think it's it's still too penal uh, it, it's out of bounds where you know if you're playing in a tournament it's stroke and distance you drop again you're hitting three from the tee yeah. the local rule if your course puts it in play or turn puts it in play hey you, where it went out which leads things to interpretation right. you could drop in the fairway and hit your fourth shot from there it's, it's being as if you reteed and, and striped one you know, down the fairway which I, is a local rule. It's just it's not a local rule. Yeah, it's not yep. automatic, right? Yep. You've got to know that the the course has enacted that or the tournament you're playing in uh, invitation, whatever, has enacted that as a local rule. I, I've just felt that hitting it out of bounds is too penal. It's essentially the same as hitting into a penalty area where you get to take a lateral drop and drop. I mean, you're already behind the hole there uh, by hitting it. If you're hitting into a hazard, Jeff, all right, I'm thinking let's, let's talk about number nine. I'll use, I'll use my home club, Lancaster Country Club. Okay. If I push it right into the creek, there's a drop area, or I can determine how far, uh, you know, went where up, last crossed the where it last crossed the penalty area and entered, and I can take two club lengths and drop there and hit three. I got a chance at making par because mm-hmm. I hit it right. right. I hit it left out of bounds. I got a re tee, and I'm hitting three off the tee. I got no chance at making par. Well, very small chance. A, well, don't I'd hit, hit the it whole left. Out. Yeah. I, no, I know what you're saying. Yeah, I, so, I, I, I don't. I, I understand how penal it is, and people. I've done it. I've hit two in the row I'm on the first tee. I've hit two out of bounds and had to hit tee up five in a tournament before, which is no fun. Um, the, it, the, the only difference is uh, let me let me cut you off on mm-hmm. before you give me the golf professional answer. Um, <laughs> where you missed it? Yeah, the hole. only yeah the only difference is where I missed it, right. right? I mean, because I hit it left, and and the property is not the golf course property. Then I, I'm getting double whacked as opposed to I hit it right in water, mm-hmm. but that's uh, within the confines of the uh, acreage of the golf course that I'm playing. Uh, then I then I essentially save a stroke. So what would you? So you know the reason behind it is so on that hole if you hit it left if it's a hazard you can play from or, or a penalty or you can go in there and play it, but they don't want you on somebody else's property doing that. So then it's area which play is prohibited. Out of bounds. What would you propose then? I propose that you can just be a drop next to drop. it. Drop, yeah. And same, same. You play it the same as if you'd play a red stake penalty area, um, except it's out of bounds, so you can't go in and play it. Correct. Okay. Thousand percent. <laughs> what, what the hell's wrong with that? Well, I, I don't personally have a problem with it. I it would change how you know everybody scored to some degree. I mean, you know, most people don't hit it out of bounds too too much. Right. Um, but there is, you know, there's certain holes where certain people can't 
they hit it out of bounds five times in a row because they hit a hook or whatever. You know, um, it is it is very penal, but it's not supposed to be an easy game. You know, it's not. It's supposed. Uh, don't give me It's a difficult <laughs> game. Answer. <laughs> you you just gave a. Re- it, it'd be reasonable to say, hey, it's out of bounds. If, if it's white staked, it's an automatic. You take two club lengths and drop. And just Whereas one shot red, penalty. Yeah, one shot penalty. You're hitting your third shot. Whereas if it's red staked, you got an opportunity to play out of there if you can put a play on the golf ball. I think that may. I, I mean, th- that differentiates it. Right? Right, yeah. You could differentiate it with stakes, and then people, yeah, they couldn't play from over there. Right. Um, oh, no, I understand what you're saying. I mean, there are professional golfers who are behind this, who are like, you know what, that it, it, it doesn't make sense. Uh, like, they're playing for all this money we are just talking about moments ago. They're playing for legacy and all these things. And, you know, if they have a bad bounce or dry conditions of a golf course and it goes out of bounds or some, hits some know, spectator's hits leg, a, hits a sprinkler head, hits a chair of a spectator and goes out of bounds, they're they're hosed. Yeah, like yeah. no. I'm, I know, the answer is always hit a better shot, but you know what? That's not golf. Everybody well, hits bad shots. Well, the reason I'm for, I, I mean, I wouldn't mind the change. One of the reasons is for pace of play, because sure, you're. I mean, you know, hey, I don't have to re-tee or go back to the cart and grab another ball, or you know, if you didn't know it went out of bounds, if you're in a tournament, you got to walk back to the tee. Everybody's done that in a tournament. Sure, that ball. Oh, that ball's yeah. out by a foot. And that's what's frustrating is, you know, you're two inches out or something like that. So if but, I, so it sounds like you are for this change. I would be for the change, I think. Yeah, I would be. I would be for it because I think it makes golf more fun for everybody also. And golf should be fun. And, and it would help speed up play. And it would make it simpler. Yes. It would make it much simpler um, than... You know, that, that new rule I'm not a big fan of where you drop it in the fairway. Four. Four. So just so you know, for high... <laughs> I just, agree. Uh, right? Just letting you know. I mean, so, for, for those that don't know, I'm coaching uh, high school boys golf this oh, year at Sweet you Home. You every time I talk we, to you. Yes, I know. We Proud play coach. that rule automatically for high school because of Fairway? Pace of, because of yeah, pace of play. Sure. Yeah, that makes if, sense. If a boy hits it into uh, out of bounds, we tell them, hey, where you think it crossed, come out to the fairway, you get your two club lengths, and then bang, you hit your fourth from there. But it shouldn't be where he thought it crossed. It's where your fellow competitors agree that it crossed. Yes. Yes. Well, the group. Yeah. Yes. 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 yes, yes, yes. Which then you look at the other ones, well, I was looking at my phone. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> and it's hard to tell sometimes, but yeah, you can't <laughs> yeah. agree. No, I wouldn't have a problem with that rule because I think it hey, make golf more fun for people. Sure. It would lower some scores for some people in some cases, and it would speed up play. Yeah, I think I would. You're on I board w- with it? I would be on board with it. I think that it's, it's always um, – it, it it shouldn't be as I guess why why would me missing by two yards in this location be any different than if I skull one into the water somewhere else? Like I guess that's well, I guess the only difference is Jeff is saying you, you could potentially play from the water or a, a, a penalty area. Yeah, or right. yeah, 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 like or, you know the creek might be low you or just down be, and get yeah, it. just yeah. because right, yeah. uh, Phoenix, for example, TPC Scottsdale. Like you know, if you if you know the golf course at all, the tournament, the Phoenix Open, and the third holes a par five. There's a washout ditch, if you will, below the green. It's red staked, mm-hmm. but it's always dry. Yeah. So you can go in and hit it. It's a penalty area, right? So players can drop out of it, but they all play it out of there because it's like a bunker. Yeah. But so uh, an area like that, if you will, right? I, yeah. And to me, it's just it's just the luck of the hole. I can hit. I let's say I I hit a, a drive and I slice it and it goes five yards into, uh, you know, into high grass and then I either have to play it out of there or maybe I can't find it. We've all agreed it's right there. Versus the fact that maybe I do it on a different hole, the exact same shot, the exact same miss, but it happens to be on a hole where the property ends. 
So, you know, that then all of a sudden now that's a different penalty. And I, I just wonder like, well, I wasn't any worse on this hole than I was on a previous hole. It just happens to be a spot where the property ends. Yeah, but it's not all based on equity or, you know, it's... it's That's true. Yeah, and, and I can see both sides of the argument because I played with that rule my whole life and I understand it. And, uh, and you know, there's certain spots, hey, you just can't hit it there. And that's kind of... It's like, part of the strategy for sure. And it's demoralizing when you get up there and you realize like you literally maybe are a foot out of bounds and you're like, oh my goodness. Well, okay. some people see those stakes and then they just panic. You know, they can't. Oh, for sure. Yeah, they see the, right. the white soldiers there. To that, to that degree though, it's not going to change, you know, my boldness, if you will, on the tee. I still don't want to hit it over there. It's still a penalty. Yeah, I still yeah. want to take the damn penalty. For sure. Yeah. Right. Right. So I, I just, I, I don't Yeah, you don't want people I, going in a parking lot and hitting shots out of a parking lot. You know, that's, yeah. that's what a lot of bounds is. And I'm sure for. there's some purists listening right. thinking, well, then we've got to go back in time. Oh, the scores and, won't yeah, count. Yeah, well, guess what? You know what? We're not going back in time. You can't go back in time. And there's definitely courses in this area. Now, you know, I think of of courses in Florida where literally you you can be one yard into somebody's backyard and yeah. like, and they don't want people going near people's pools or yards or landscape. Yeah, I get you that. You that with Glen Oak. But Glen Oak yeah, is like right. that quite a bit. I mean, that's a course that a lot of people in this, that are listening to this have played, and you have that. You're right. You could literally be a foot out of bounds, but you're in somebody's yard, and we don't and want people still go and play it. So yeah. Just so you know. <laughs> well, which yeah, which listen, you don't want. Yeah, you can't play in someone's yard. You can't be taking divots out of yards. And right. you'd be surprised what golfers you, do. One of the first times I played Glen, <laughs> Glen Oak, by the way, is at hole four. It's that long, longer par four. That's uh, straight. It, uh, yeah, those houses. But, but OB on the left. OB on the left. Yeah, yeah. I, I hit one left right, and I, I go there, and I just you know kind of hear a dog, and I look at it, and I'm like ah. That thing looks pretty docile. Let's just sit in there in the porch. I, I walk in probably 15 paces to grab my ball, and that dog came off the off the it's porch. trained. I am I'm I'm high stepping because the thing was on my heels. And you know, Jeff, this won't surprise you. I'm not the fastest runner in the world. What? Uh, yeah, I, I am like kicking my heels up like uh, I'm, you look I'm, like Dion. Dion right? Sanders <laughs> running it back at a punt return for a touchdown because. This little dog was on me. I'm, I was uh, the homeowner. I'm sure was watching and laughing their ass off, <laughs> watching me. Uh, you know, I have get a few my funny stupid stories. little golf ball. Yeah, I have a few funny stories of golfers straying off the golf course looking for golf balls throughout my years. Yes. So, but yeah, uh, and that's why people. That's why you have OB though, just to prevent area which play is prohibited. But I do think it's very very penal, and a lot of people when they just see the OB. Their mind goes frantic, and sure. they hit it OB anyway. Yeah, they they may not have hit, missed it left all day. There's OB left on one hole; they'll miss it left. It's but, like a magnet. But yeah. that is a good lesson in terms of things that we talk about all the time on our show, and we talk about it with you with our tips of the week. You talk about it with lessons that a lot of it is making a confident swing and visuals, either using them as positives or negatives out on the course. I mean, if I see a hole with no stakes at all, should you be thinking or swinging anything different than? If it's the exact same hole, but suddenly all of a sudden they just put some white stakes in the ground on the right side, and you know people instantly now have a little change of mindset on the tee. And it's funny the the psychology of golf will tell you your shot's going to go where you're left. La- like if you you never want to use negative words like don't hit it left. Sure. But the last thing your mind recognizes is left, and you hit it instead of saying I'm going to hit this down the middle or. Um, get, you know, the ball's going to curve to the right a little here or whatever it is. Anything, you just never want to use that word. If there's OB left, you never want to have that word cross into your mind. And you still, yeah, you should. it shouldn't affect the shot in theory. That's, yeah. why, that's why you focus on a pre-shot routine. You get up and do the same thing every time. And if you're playing well, you never see those. 
OBs, stakes. Sure. If you're not playing well, you tend to be scanning to find them wherever they are. Yeah. That's right. one thing I feel like individually this year with my game I've done a better job with is playing courses. So I'm a member of Pendleton Creek, which is a tighter driving golf course. And there are holes. The back nine, a lot of them wraps around the OB. Some of them in the middle are tight. And I used to definitely, Jeff, 100% do what you would say is, oh, don't go left on this hole. Don't go right on this hole. And I would try to like, I would have a, what I call a steered swing. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, I can't go right on this hole. I'm going to try to steer it left. Uh-huh. And it wasn't my good swing. Now, at least what I'm trying to do is say, you know what? The, the decision on this hole to maybe try to stay out of trouble might be, okay, I'm not going to hit driver. I'm going to hit three wood. But now I'm going to swing confidently and aim down the middle and hit it there. And it, I feel like it's really, really helped my tee game this year, Jeff, because I'm standing over it with confidence. I'm making a good confidence swing. And in the end, I feel like this year I've made so many less errors in terms of going into those penalty areas because I don't have that negative swing thought of like, oh, well, just don't go left here or don't go right here. Like I, I'm trying to have that other mentality of, you know what? I know I can hit this through with a little bit more accurately, but now I'm going to get up there. That's the decision I've made, but now I'm going to swing and make swing confident. confident. Right. Anytime you play scared, you're not going to play well. Anytime you make a tentative stroke, whether it's a yeah. putting stroke, a bunker shot, a seven iron from the fairway, anytime you try to steer it and just not let it, not just hit the best shot you yeah. can every time, you're, you're, you're not playing well. Yeah. Now you tell us. <laughs> <laughs> now that it's snowing. One of yeah. the things we try we strive for here on the Winter Rules podcast is to keep it to a half hour, but we're failing on that today. We're gonna No, we're going to fail greatly on that. Yeah, I just before we go. No, 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 oh, we're not. No, because okay. there's something else I want to talk about. But I know I want you to get this in. Yeah, I wanted to get, give a shout out. This is not golf stuff. No, sh- shout out to uh, some of the Section Six uh, boys golf season here that just came to an end this week. Um, three of the leagues held their championships this past week, so I want to uh, congratulate the winners. Um, we'll start NFL, the Niagara Frontier League. Uh, the Niagara can County. They use, can they call themselves the NFL? That's what they do. <laughs> They'll get a wow. letter from us. Uh, How's their right? logo? What's their logo <laughs> look like? All right, sorry. It's a shield, but it's not. Uh, <laughs> it's a different shield. Yeah, good for it's them. Red, white, white, blue. Yeah. Um, RJ Delasante. Heard that name. He uh, participated in our Duster Challenge. Duster Challenge. From Niagara Wheatfield Senior. Uh, he ended up winning the NFL Individual Championship. And congratulations to the team from Luport. They were the team champs. Uh, Buffalo Public Schools, Luca Falcone from Olmsted, a senior. He was the individual league champ. City Honors was the team champion. And from ECIC, Erie County, uh, Caleb Aquino from Orchard Park. Oh, great. Yeah, I just saw Caleb a couple weeks ago, yeah. actually. Good Sophomore, good player. Yeah. He ended up winning ECIC. That's and awesome. the league champion for the team was Clarence. So congratulations to those individuals and those teams and all the players and teams that had uh, just wrapped up their season this week here locally uh, in the Buffalo area with high school boys golf. I'm, I'm happy to hear that for Caleb. Um, that's awesome news for him. Shot 75 at Diamond Hawk. In an interrupted in, season this year, so I'm glad to, glad to hear he, he came back and came back strong. In the worst weather day of our season. It was two, last Tuesday. It was raining. Why don't they just start? It was it cold. Every year. And it was cold and windy. And, you know, why this don't you year guys was do what amazing. Football does? Why don't you guys do what football does? Do it earlier? Yeah, why don't you start, like, you know, uh, the third week of August. And we, did, we start August 21st. Uh, practicing. Yeah, it's our why first day. Why don't you start day. playing? So why don't you start, you know, maybe a little week, maybe a week yeah. earlier. So they don't play the most important event of the year in the worst weather of the year. Yeah, I, I mean, it was. That's a rub of the green, Jeff will say. That's right. Rub of the green. Hey, it was I the, always like that. It weather. was the day after Columbus Day. Normally that's. By the way, it's not weather. Columbus Day anymore. I know. Yes. Okay. Yeah. It's both. It's Indigenous People's Day. Right. Yes. Uh, and 
kudos to one of our tea to green partners, Diamond Hawk, for hosting the event for the second straight year. Um, we saw Fred Zillner there, and uh, he was very happy Did to host all of the uh, the ECI the ECIC tournament. Uh, I know the Willow Hawk Burger. I did. No, but they gave us a beautiful lunch okay. for the coaches, right. which I enjoyed. I had a <laughs> turkey, ham. Talk about going over time. Start <laughs> talking about food. I had, I had turkey, I had salami, I had ham. I was, I was piling it on here. But they, he said that uh, this is the second year Diamond Hawks hosted it back-to-back years, that they love hosting it, and that they want. You know, they said, hey, we want to get more uh, of the uh, the next group of golfers coming out yeah. here and, and the kids that were out there competing. So, And, you know, for, for that course, that's nobody's home course itself. So sure. in that sense, too, it's kind of – it's nice. a hard golf course, but too. it's a hard golf course for sure. So it's a good facility for it. Yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah. By the way, Fred, um, there was no buffets when we did our shows there <laughs> this past year. <laughs> I noticed that. Now you right. mentioned it. Yeah. 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 Usually, there's a spread for us everywhere we go. Absolutely. Yes. Well, our, you know the good ones. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, Freddie. We always love the hospitality over there at Diamond Hawk. All right, uh, Brian. This is probably more for Brian. Um, the last two professional sports teams home games here in Buffalo um, have just been stinkers. Uh, you know, my son and I went to the Sabres opener. The Ranger game, 5-1 oh, loss. Oh, my God. They're lucky it was 5-1. to one. And then, you know, the Bills game last night, that terrible. Was... What the hell's going on with these, these sports teams, Brian? Well, Brian was at both events. So. I know. I was at There's one. There's the I common was, link. Yeah. I, yeah, I was at one of the I two. I also was at the London game. Oh, so you can geez. blame me for sure. I mean, you know what's going on here? Are you? What? Well, let me ask so, you this: are, are are you concerned? How concerned are you? I'm not that concerned with the hockey team because they played the Rangers and Islanders, and they actually looked good against the Islanders after the first period. Both good the teams, night. too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The they same, got screwed, by the way, on the offsides. What a ter- I mean, come on, you reviewed that. And not only was it a high stick on the goal, they were also offsides. Yes. Jesus, NHL, you still can't get it right. It's unbelievable. Two games in. I don't think it's a reason to be concerned for the Sabres. And both games, and I hate saying this, um, this is exactly not what I wanted to be no, as the, the host. Fir- the first game, they were skating in mud. Both games, there were direct goal changes off of bad calls. But, and the Islander game, because of the the Ranger game. What was the bad call in the Ranger game? Benson's stick was held. Oh, that, yes. And they called yes, a hook yes. on him, and then they scored on the power play right yes, away after that. Yeah. So, like, just anyway. And then Clifton, the other night against the Islanders, he was tripped, and there was no penalty called, and it was the immediate two-on-one well, goal. This is what I and told then, of course, the reviewed goal that you just, you know, This is what I've told, told my son. We're, we're, we're <laughs> two games in, I already hate the NHL officiating. It took long. That's right? what I said to him. He was complaining about it. I said, well, if you've noticed anything from playing hockey yourself and you're watching pro games, at all levels, the officiating is not great. No. No, it's because it's hard. It's moving so fast. You know, you, you have that barrier with the boards and stuff. This is, for the officials, it's a hard, hard thing Can't to do. Can't see through people sometimes right. to see yes. what's going on. Yes. Yeah. But, I mean, there's just some things in the NHL that are just so damn obvious that they yeah. get wrong. That's and they have backup on camera, and they can't get it right. I feel like they're kind of a minor league, the way they yeah. operate their, their operations sometimes, yeah. as opposed to the other leagues. Yeah. You know, as far as the the Bills game, right, against the uh, Giants there. Like, you just got the sense. I don't know if it was like being there, but watching it, I just got the sense like, you know what, they're just – it was one of those games where, gosh, you just felt like they should be up on this team a lot. And the more that they weren't, the more the Giants became emboldened, right? Yep. And you knew at some point, because he's good, Saquon Barkley was going to get some some good plays, and he finally did there toward the end. And I think we all forgot what a nice deep ball Tyrod Taylor used to throw. 
Oh, right? right down the sideline. He yeah. threw some he's, beauties. He's, he's, he yeah. always did that. And yeah. maybe while we're complaining about officiating, oh. we should let go of the fact that the Bills maybe interfered with maybe? Darren, Darren Waller maybe? on the last play. Yeah. <laughs> okay, he did. They, it's evening out for us. Yeah, so that's so in that sense, is. maybe it's evened out. But you know what? A win's a win. Right? I mean, yes. I'm they, just happy they won. Move on. To answer your yes. original question, should we be concerned? Um, I think it's still too early to be concerned about the Sabres. The Sabres have had two slow starts. They need to fix that for sure. Well, they got a cure coming up. They're playing yes. Tampa. Tampa tomorrow. They give up goals. Calgary gives up goals. Montreal gives up goals. So maybe that'll solve it. As far as the Bills go, when you don't have 82 games to maybe yeah. figure it out, um, they, you know, you can't keep getting off to close start. Right now, the defense. You're without Trey White. You're without Matt Milano. Uh, you're without Jones. Uh, Von Miller's not totally healthy. Like for them to be doing as good as they are, and you know, I mean, I I think what they, yeah, they did held against the Jacksonville to nine points, right? In Jacksonville, yeah. they held you know twenty five. I still think you know some of those yeah. plays were off of Bills turnovers. Like I think I think the de- the defense, considering how banged up they are, has given them plenty of chances to win yeah. and, and play well. And the offense needs to, the offense is supposed to carry this team. And I think McDermott's done a really good job with the defense. So that part I'm happy with. The offense, though, has to uh, get itself back to what it does well. And, you know, clearly right now they're fighting their own identity of what they want to be about. But yeah, There you go. See, you get everything here on the uh, Winter <laughs> yes. Rules podcast. That's right. All right. Well, that was a good show. Thank you, You got gentlemen. three home games coming up this week. Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. There you go. Yeah, they got to get it going in the right direction. That's for sure. Need some yeah. wins. Lightning Flames Islanders this week. Uh, Jeff, Golf Dojo. Um, you have memberships available, um, so people can, uh, and they can just, if you're not a member, you can still book times, correct? Correct. Yeah, everything we do is online. Um, the memberships are great because they save you money. you explain what online is, please, to me? <laughs> <laughs> it's where you're listening to this podcast. Yes, yes. So it, it's really easy. You just go on and book, and with a membership, you do save some money. You get to book out in advance. You get to MyGolfDojo.com. MyGolfDojo.com. Yeah, and we have an extra bay for members also, so it provides more uh, more access for the members. There's a, an extra large bay here with a putting green that we're in currently yeah, as so we yeah, speak. That's where our studio yes. is in, yes. too. You can pretend you're us. Yeah, it's great. It's a lot of fun. People really enjoy the bays and the size and the track man and the privacy and, and, and everything that we offer. All right. MyGolfDojo.com. We appreciate them being a part our partner here in our Winter Rules podcast. So hope you enjoyed it. We'll be with you every week. So look for it uh, coming out on as we record each and every Monday. And uh, for PGA Pro Jeff Metis, Kevin Sylvester, thank you, gentlemen. I'm Brian Colziel. This has been another edition of our Winter Rules Podcast presented by Golf Dojo with all of us here at Tee to Green.